healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just said, shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the next man. Welcome back to the basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I am highly caffeinated right now. Telling you, it's Sunday morning, and it's a good Sunday morning indeed. Uh, partially because I just got to listen to the album again that uh, we're going to be talking about today. Kamasi Washington is a name you should know, whether or not you're in the jazz scene, or whether or not you're just a fan of Kendrick Lamar, or I don't know, good music. You follow this podcast, you've heard us talk to Mr. Miles Mosley. Um, him and his cohorts recently just made. Uh, sort of the next step in their musical journey. An album called Harmony of Difference. I'm calling it an album, even though they say it's an EP. It is a cohesive musical vision and journey, and it is full of life and lessons, and uh, it's one of my favorite pieces of music of the year. So my friend Mr. Marcus Dallin came down to have a chat about it, uh, and we did that and got a little metaphysical. It gets a little... Gets a little goofy out there but uh i trust you it's a good ride uh and then uh at the back end of this we're going to be talking about another person who has made an album uh equally as powerful equally as important maybe even more so is out today talking about mr aaron ab abernathy his album dialogue is out right now there's gonna be a link in the show notes you can get it on Bandcamp, i believe uh, I bought the vinyl, I pre-ordered it, been listening to it all weekend, it is fantastic. Uh, we are going to play the centerpiece track off that generation for you right here on this podcast. Uh, this is uh, possibly the most important song in 2017. It is a rallying cry, and uh, I could not be more proud of my friend for making this uh, this impeccably powerful and important album. So we're gonna, I'm going to talk a little bit about that after this. And uh, and that's what you're in for this Monday. Uh, so if you guys are ready to, uh, man, get one with the universe. This is a groovy episode. Uh, let's head on down to the basement. Me and Mr. Dowling already in conversation talking about Mr. Kamasi Washington and the West Coast Get Down's new album, Harmony of Difference. doesn't get one because he's a bitch <laughs> but it's neither here nor there um no we should that sounded misogynistic we shouldn't <laughs> we can't look we're in the age of of the weinstein scandal the yeah the entire industry is about to collapse because ben why affleck. because why because men suck exactly ben affleck show me the um, titties i just can't <laughs> Uh, I mean, look, what if we go back through all the albums just this year that we've talked about and all the dudes and think about what, like, how many uh, illicit uh, uh, body parts they've Future. touched. Future. Part of my collection. Like, <laughs> like, all right. We can't. I mean, look, we didn't. We knew when Chris Brown did not just 
be like, you can't do this anymore. Right. You got to find a new line of work, bro. Yeah. We knew that that wasn't going to happen, but no. uh, but at any rate, uh, it's a, uh, it's a whole other podcast. I think we might do sometime, but right now, yeah. uh, you and me are down here, Mr. Dowling, just you and me. It's like, Absolutely. These are good, man. It's like the two man team. I'm, I'm down it's, for it. Yeah. Uh, but we're talking about, uh, uh, album from a guy that is certainly not a two man team. Uh, his universal team, Mr. Kamasi Washington. Yes. Um, Back in 2015, he put out the epic, which I'll be honest, I was not as in back into jazz as I am now. Now these are the album. I'm, I'm seeking out the Blue Note catalog, like I, the old school. I, and, I, yeah, I've noticed. Right? And, and Paul was the one who was like, you have to hear this thing. It's the epic. And the first thing he tells me, I said, oh, what, where is it? He's like, yeah, it's on Spotify. Look it up. First thing, I'm like. This bitch is three hours long. What the fuck are you talking about? But uh, this is the only time in Paul's life he's been right about music. Uh, he was correct. Right. No, uh, it, it is an astounding achievement by any measurement of any artist uh, in the modern era or any era, era period. Uh, he single handedly, I think, brought like shined the light hugely on on jazz again. Right. To the I, point. And this yeah. was this was right before I think the Pimp a Butterfly. Yes. And so he set in the stage. I mean he was already doing this with his his the West Coast get down, which we're gonna get to. Of course. Uh which we've uh talked to, friends with some of them. Of course. I and Miles uh, Mosley. Yeah. Miles Cameron. Yes. Cameron's a bad oh, motherfucker. No, like but yeah. um, um so Every time we talk about Kamasi Washington, I do also have to bring up the point that and thank him publicly. Uh, he played a show at the Howard Theater, which is what we were just talking about. Big, big things ahead for the Howard Theater yes, here in Washington, yes, D.C. Yes. But uh, the day the journalist got shot on live television, mm-hmm. uh, that, that was my basically my hometown, sort of. I grew up right. in Lynchburg. Roanoke is a little ways away. I lived in Roanoke after college. Neither here nor there. But uh, it was a painful day. In hindsight... Uh, no, that was really as painful as it gets. Right. I was going to say, like, maybe we've seen more fucked up shit since no, Trump's no. been in office, but I don't think we have. It, it, it's pretty bad. I think it was leading up to it, though. Yeah. But uh, he played this show, and it, and the, he came out, and the first thing he says to people is, like, this music is about bringing people together. This is about healing. This is and he, not speaking about that. Yeah. And the end result uh, was that it did. Paul wrote a, a, a stunning review of that show with that in mind. Yeah. And, um, and I recommend you guys all read it. We'll put it in the show notes. But at any rate, made me a huge fan of Kamasi Washington, period. Anything the man does now, I will seek out. Uh, I will do. We have talked to, you can go back to the archives, Mr. Miles Mosley. Yes. I uh, played a remarkable set at Songbird. And if you didn't see that, it's the last time you're going to see him in a place that small. Yeah. Uh, Cameron Graves as well with him. His. Um, mm-hmm. oh, what's the name of his album? It's Planetary, Planetary Prince. Yes. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and get that. So then Pimp a Butterfly happened, and, and, and we've all been like, what is Kamasi going to do? In New York earlier this year, he premiered a piece called Harmony of Difference, and it was meant to be a uh, – what's the best way to put this? I'd, I'd say it's like it's a dramatic work more so than an album. Yeah. Like I, I guess I'll get into my feelings about the album somewhat. Or it's uh it's the fact that he's able to like okay so if you listen to the epic it's an epic it's three hours long yes <laughs> and it's like it's like going to see the most appropriately named album ever right it's like going to see a play mm-hmm. like you you sit down 
and you listen. It's always, always how I tell people to listen to this album. You sit down, you start listening. Then at some point, get up and take take a stretch. Go, you know, go go get some lunch. Maybe you know, go take a walk around the block, and then come back and listen to the second half of it. Mm-hmm. And then you know, like pause and maybe genuflect and get on with your life because that's the kind of record it is. A big, big album. Uh, this, by comparison, is uh, is different in a way that I feel like it's it, it it's punchier. Like it's got it's got still got that room and interplay, but it punches in a way. Because there's more like pop elements that are happening there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like, you know, like I think of like the fifth dimension when I listen to this album. I think of like a lot of what was going on in R&B. This kind of like hippy dippy R&B of like the late 60s, early 70s. That was kind of like, you know, like not Arthur Lee in Love and not Jimi Hendrix. But like, and not, and certainly not like the like you know, era of Motown where the Wawa pedal gets in, gets introduced. But there's this other element of it that is like Saturday morning TV R and B in a way. It's like HR puppet stuff meets R meets R and B in a way that's fun <laughs> and colorful, and it definitely like opens you up spiritually in a way that is not so like straightforward like four on the floor i'm gonna get down or like i'm gonna make love to you right. or whatever right it's got more of like a, a feeling to it of um i guess it's I, I like the word the word for it would be like i don't want to say like peace or joy and some kind because those words like abstract. i think that's fine i think yeah. I, I think it's fine Let's let's play. This is the initial track from it, and then we're going to get into sort of the construction of the album uh, uh, a little bit because I think it's super important to this discussion about this this yeah. band. And this is the opening track, and I think the main theme, which yeah, desire.
little taste of desire uh, from Harmony of Difference of Kamasi Washington's. Well, that's the name of the EP. Yeah. And I don't even know if I want to call it an EP because with jazz, you you talk about things like complete thoughts. Yeah. Or complete, and, and I think it's unfair. Yeah, it's short. It's under thirty five minutes, but this is a put together the the way the album is structured. Uh, you have four songs that are desire, humility, knowledge, perspective, and integrity. Yeah. And and this, I think, is important to having the physical release for this particular one. You flip it over, and there's one track, and it's right. called Truth. And all these themes that have, you've been playing with, you'll hear that theme again and again uh, throughout this, are woven in a way, and it sounds familiar. And at times you think you're listening to the same piece of music, but you're you're definitely not. This is something different. He uses throughout this, and this is sort of the point of the album, uh, contrapuntal melodies, which are basically... Basically, what this is is uh, think about uh, Chumbawamba's Tub Thumper. Yes. Okay. This actually that's a great way to, to right. do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So, so what what this Everybody is? Listen to this. What this really is, is is essentially you have one melody going one direction and another melody going the other direction. But there's a common. It can be either like a beat, like a good DJ does. It yeah. Can, it can be a common key, some commonality that serves the greater song. And so you have these two things, essentially two songs. You can get like six, seven different songs going at the same time underneath all this stuff to form this big thing of music. It is, it is um, honestly the best songs I think were like that. A lot of Beatles songs do that, um, and it, it, it's it's a compl- it's complex. I mean, it's not a thing for amateurs. I was gonna bring up something. Um, it's this. This also made me think of some other jazz related early seventies yeah. people. People like I like um, if you listen to like. Um, the the version of Funky Nassau by the beginning of the end. Mm-hmm. Listen to like, uh, and it, it's it's gonna sound so ac- so academic and simple, but it really it, it's a great example of it. Um, the the grazing under grass take by Hugh Masakela. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's the same thing where if you if you get like the forty five over to whatever, there's like a part one and a part two, and the part one is very straight ahead, straightforward like radio edit of it, so that you get two minutes and thirty six seconds or whatever. Well, you listen like the part two. It's like the theme and variations, where you get right. like you know, like you know, you it's the it's like you know you have that theme from the original. Then there's a variation. Then they intersect. Then there's like a whole like breakdown that happens where you know one instrument takes lead, mm-hmm. and it's like okay, there we go. Uh, when you when you hear Kamasi play, there's a thing about him as a lead of this band that on on this. That is really pronounced in the sense that, like, he's willing to take a lead here and not set back so much, but just, like, drive the thing. Right. I mean, it's a very different thing. So this was essentially presented as sort of like an art piece, right? Right. And it, and, it, and again, getting back to, like, a, a full thought, a full piece. Right. This is not – we're going to play you little chunks of it, but this is not intended to be digested a song at a time. Right. Uh, these aren't like, this isn't like, oh, Giant Steps is here. And I'm like, yeah. you know, no, this is, no. this is intended to be a full piece. But yeah, he, uh, this came from his brain. This came from like the West Coast Get Down, which, you know, I'm going to read off some of these names here. <laughs> <laughs> you get Cameron Graves on piano, who, who is a giant. He's a giant. He's a giant waiting to happen. Yeah. 
I think he's already. I don't know if people. It, I, I think he's already been anointed by Herbie Hancock, but he is the next Herbie I'm Hancock. I'm intrigued to see what people do with the with the piano as a pop instrument. Yeah, yeah, but uh, because because all this is pop now. A little bit. We'll, we'll get into. We'll get into that. Okay, okay. We'll get it. Matt Hayes on guitar. Right. Um. You got Nick Mancini on vibraphone. You have uh, Terrace Martin also on sax on alto sax. They just put out an album uh, recently. It was uh, yeah. what was the name of it? Moore was just telling me about it. Yeah, so. yeah, it's really good. Yeah, uh, we but um, fuck, we'll put it in the show notes if yeah, we can yeah, remember yeah. it. Mr. Miles Mosley on upright bass. That guy. Yeah, Ryan Porter on trombone. Um, going down the, I mean, Thundercat on bass on part of this. Kamasi, obviously, he's a composer conductor uh, and uh, author of the piece. Ricky Washington, his dad on flute. I mean, this I, is this is the group. This gets back to like a more classic era of jazz, where you'd get like a guy like Miles on occasion who would like have an idea, yeah, and 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 run with it, and force the band. To, and that's the thing I like about this is that you have like Miles. Miles would go so far ahead, yeah, and 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 he would leave the band just enough, like following like to follow him on it like mm-hmm. it would be like okay i'm gonna drop a musical thing here because because right. uh, right. there's, there's ways that he plays a sax it's cool he'll like play a note that doesn't fit mm-hmm. but it fits for everybody else that's playing well, with that's him. the contrapuntal stuff right it's, like, it's, and, it's and, brilliant. And, and that's the brilliance of that type of technique is that like you can do that you can be doing stuff and for your line Right, it it makes no damn sense. Yeah. But then, if you have these other two things going over here, I mean, and, and look, that's harmony of difference. Come on, yeah, we could no, not be right. more clear that a this is a spiritual album. It's meant to be a spiritual experiment, experience, and experiment. Uh, but it, it, but it is about like togetherness. Period. And I can tell you, as somebody who has listened to this album probably a hundred times, and on I have the vinyl now, like the it. It succeeds so wildly in that, in a way that the epic did. The epic was a reintroduction for a lot of people to jazz, and it was like you can take a deep dive. You can find all this type of jazz, and it referenced it referenced every no, era. It you, was, but with this, like you put this on, and it is like if you had a shit day, you put this on, and you start. It's a meditation, right? I wanted to say in regards to that. I feel like the epic is like free jazz. Yes. And that's this why it's is not. That's why it's three hours long. Yeah. And this is very different. So I feel like for a lot of people that I've talked to about this album, because this is, you know, it's funny with Kamasi. Mm. I want to bring it up because you probably have the same thing that happens to you. People now just walk up to you and ask, do you like jazz? Yeah. And then they mention Kamasi like. Right. Off the jump. Like. I don't think that's a bad thing though. What's up? I don't think that's a bad thing. No, it's a, it's a great thing, but it's just funny because like. The people I've talked to about this album feel like it's not the they, they they correctly feel like it's not the same, but they can't explain the same why. as the epic. Yeah, as the epic because well, it's not. It, it's not. It's, too, it's, it's... <laughs> and and I think that that we got too deep initially with Two Pippa Butterflies. We got all got so excited about the reintroduction of jazz that we didn't get into the conversation about like what is like you know kind of like a more like upright, straight up and down, like straightforward jazz style. 
as compared to like this kind of free jazz thing? Well, I, I, I think I think what you, what you're hearing when people ask you that is, and, and look, this isn't bad. Anything that gets you into out of your comfort zone, because look, if you were in hip hop or yeah. honestly indie rock, like embraced, yeah, uh, to pimp a butterfly, and this is like your again a reintroduction. That's I'm not presuming that people uh, never listen to jazz simply because they love Radiohead, right? They probably do, if yeah. They, if they, but, right, but uh, but it it's uh, a lot of that crowd wasn't necessarily steeped in it, and all of a sudden this thing that the hip factor has a lot to do with how people connect with the thing and right. how they continue to talk about it. What what we're seeing here on this, and and this is a growth in Kamasi Washington, is that you know whether or not they all care. I mean, they they are all like industry, yeah. Road right. dogs. This is, this they are. They a... have been in this. Like, Miles, the, go to his Wikipedia page and look at the people he played with. Mm-hmm. It's no fucking joke, right? And this is now in 2017, the first year hearing about him. But my point is, Kamasi with this group of people isn't fucking with that. They're out here to tell truth, right? And and I want to I want to mix in a little like another track here uh, on the way to the end of this review link here because to get you an idea. You know, you heard the themes on Desire, and you're going to hear some of these on, on this one. We're skipping humility and, and straight to knowledge, but uh, check out a little of this jam. That's a little bit of knowledge, and if you had been in this basement when we were playing that, we're both nerding out how, how just fucking good that is. Yeah. Like, it's so... Yeah, we talk a lot about organic moves and music and stuff, and you have this sort of swirling bass pattern. You have uh, the horns going on. You have the theme. It's establishing... All of these establish a theme at the beginning of, the, mm-hmm. of each different movement of this. And then, at, like as you were saying, Dallin instruments start to loop back through each other yeah. and find each other. And just when you forgot there's a horn down there, just when you forgot there's a Rhodes piano down there, it loops back in and says, hey, come on up, buddy. There's a, there's let's a, just do yeah. this. The good, the good jazz. The good jazz, as I like to say. Like, 
you 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 let everybody play, and then you have one instrument every couple of measures that drops out and drops back in in order to loop everything back together. And then you drop something else out and you let it play its way back up through to the top of the the measure. Like, you're like, okay. And then you drop something. And so, like, there's that thing at the bottom where it's like the bass is, like, rumbling. And why an instrument would drop down to the bottom and weave its way through, you don't know. Unless you're, like, Kamasi Washington and you're one of the great, like, saxophonists yeah. of all time. And you're able to play your instrument. And I understand this is like, you know, this is like a, a breath control exercise too. This is not like the, the easiest thing in the world to do where you're like, I'm going to play this instrument in such a way that I'm going to weave my way through all of this giant undulating baseline and then pull it up a notch after I get through like, you know, like a couple of bars, I'm going to go up a notch and play above that. Yeah. And I'm going to play like a clean line, which is like, there's like, yeah, there's ex- little things that this guy does. Like, because people ask me, well, what makes Kwasi Washington better than this other guy that I'm seeing at Blues Alley? I'm like, that guy at Blues Alley is awesome. Like, he's fantastic. But I'm like, if you asked him to do the kind of stuff, and it, it took me a while to get this too, because it's like, right, right. I would be mad about the jazz kids, as I like to call them not taking not making the challenging music and then it's like i had to stop and listen to what kamasi's doing in the music like he's taking right, challenges right. in music that you can't that you can't hear unless you're listening exactly right that is the point so and that's and, he's forcing and, you to listen and, and what don't we do these days mostly with music listen yeah like that, I I have so many records I've bought in recently upstairs that I buy them because I want to listen to them. There's right. a Sony vinyl disc. We'll go listen to it after this. Mm-hmm. Caps are on, but we got to. Yeah, <laughs> but but we got time. Right on. It it sounds fucking remarkable because that soul artist number mm-hmm. one, <laughs> yeah, uh, knows what he's doing sonically in much, and he knows the message that he wanted to get across using sound as the medium much of the way Kamasi Washington did. I don't know. Um, and this review really is just sort of uh, full of hyperbole, but like, I, I don't know where any of this came from. I, I know a little bit of it from talking to people involved in it. Right. Yeah. But, but, and I know how they are and they're, and these are the people you talk to that are the shining lights right. in the world. And you, and you, you get to know them and they're like Phil Cook, people like mm-hmm. that. Uh, Nick and Emilio from Sylvanasso. Yes, that that understand the technique, but also understand the emotion underneath it. And what Kamasi tapped into on this, I think more so, definitely more so than the epic, and maybe more so than any time in his career, is the emotion under this because it is just it. It's my favorite piece of music this year. No, it's amazing. By I, anybody, yeah, I wanted to jump in with the point. Um, okay, so I, I listened to knowledge. Okay, so I was. Walking down uh, Georgia Avenue, yeah. listening to this album, I was at the uh, the band camp mixer right. last week, and I'm walking down the street, and I'm like, you know, this is this it's it's one of those nights where it's like it's just stormed a little bit, so the streets are just moist, like and it's quiet, it's it's pitch quiet, and it's Washington D.C. in 2017, so I'm not going to get robbed. Yeah, like I'm walking down Georgia Avenue, it's it, it, all this stuff like hits me because i'm like a 39 year old very african-american male like <laughs> right now like i couldn't be any blacker if i tried like I, I i'm very cognizant of this and i'm like 
I'm going to put on this Kamasi record because this is like the perfect condition to listen to this album. And I'm walking down the street and then our knowledge comes on. And <laughs> because I'm a music nerd, I have this moment where I hear the first like two bars of knowledge. And the first thing that pops in my head is Todd Rundgren's Hello, It's Me. Because I'm yeah. like, if there was a guitar that could play in between that, that, that could play in between that bar, it would be the beginning of Hello, It's Me. Yeah. Which was shocking to me because, again, and you brought it up correctly, like that's what Todd Rundgren as an artist was trying to do. The like, good ones, the good ones did, like dug yeah. back through. I mean, all those people back there. I mean, Howlin' Oates, which is you know, yeah, the, what the site is built on, right? Uh, the genius of them and why they won and why they persisted is because what they they were doing it to absolutely emulate and honor the tradition that they mm-hmm. loved. Yeah, they wanted to be the four tops. They right. wanted to be the spinners. They wanted exactly. to be like those guys and. Is two just two white guys from Philly? How do you do that? Yeah. Well, you you rise to the challenge and you surpass. You do. You go beyond. Yeah. And and you just say, I'm just going to do it. And break you, break every culture barrier. Break do, do the, it. And yeah. and we're not talking about with Hollow Notes the like the hits in the '80s. Those are great and stuff. Go listen to Abandoned Luncheonette. Yeah. <sighs> we're going to talk about it soon, but. Go listen I'm, to Aban- I'm, I'm here. I'm here for that conversation. Yeah, go, go listen to a band and lunch and that, and and you have somebody, a band like right coming right off the Vietnam War. So as white Americans, they're right. they're mm-hmm. a very different experience, but they're also like talking uh, to black Americans, being like, "Hey, this is an art form. What do you think of this guy?" And it really was. Are you guys okay with this? If not, yeah. we'll just fucking quit. Right. Like <laughs> it's it, the thing. The thing. The dangerous thing about that, and the dangerous thing about jazz right now especially the jazz that Kamasi's making mm-hmm. is that okay so like there's this thing where you play they always they like and and it it's one of those things that like I, it took me many years to understand this of like covering music and thinking i knew music but then somebody explains to you that the great music is made between the notes yeah the note between the notes you know so like what makes the Kamasi record so great and what makes people get excited about Kamasi because i want to make sure that if we if we do any one thing in this conversation it's to make sure that people understand why you should be excited about Kamasi Washington. He plays in between some of the most like established and respected notes ever struck in the history of jazz music. Yep. Like, and he and also his entire band. So if you think about it, like, all right, this is the, the West Coast get down. I look at them like they're like a band. They're like the wrecking crew to me now. Well, they they aren't like the Wrecking Crew. They they are the Wrecking yeah, Crew. This so, is yeah. if you if you want to know who the best band in in the United States in the world, actually, I would say it is the West Coast Get Down. By far, it's not even close. But yeah, so there's a thing where and even Hall and Oates did this in the '70s, where like Hall and Oates were great because they sang between mm-hmm. the the notes. Like that's the magic of like Sarah Smile. Is yeah. the fact that it's not rubber band man or whatever like you know or or my girl yeah it's between those two which is like almost impossible to do because if you touch either one of them you've gone a step too far well it loses its character yeah and 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 that's that's what you're exactly right this is what this album is trading in like in spades this is like it hits all the right notes at all the right times and if he has written down on a napkin somewhere like, I hope we can talk to him. He has time to talk when he's they're playing at six and I here. Yeah. If he has written down on a napkin at some point, just a phrase that 
launched this, I would not be surprised. Right. If it was just like one word, like, here's the album, and then just gave it to his crew and they said, okay, let's do this. Because that is the entire effect. Like you said, they're referencing yeah. the entire history of jazz. Right. They're you making a new history of but jazz. they don't touch any of it. They don't touch any of it. They just like... It's like, what? It's it's just like, it, and it becomes its own thing. It, it becomes a, a nigh-perfect piece of music. Um, You've heard Desire and Knowledge at this point, but I want to play a little of Truth. By the way, the video for Truth is worth watching. There's an yeah. actual video for Truth yeah. that it's well, well worth we'll, watching. We'll, we'll get to that real quick. And, yeah, yeah, and, but yeah. but uh, little for Truth, which kids go out and get the vinyl because if you're listening to the vinyl, here's what happens: you go through Desire, Humility, Knowledge, Perspective, Integrity, which according to Kamasi, just on what he put on this record in the titles, mm-hmm. these are the keys to life. Yeah, and then you have to flip the record over, and when you flip the record over, you get the truth.
that is the motherfucking truth. That yes, is, it is that is I, I can't even begin to explain to you guys what that piece of music means to me. It's true. It is trans. It, it that's that's what transcendent is, kids. Yeah. But what we were talking about in the break is something I want to share here. We were talking about like how how music works and what it actually is. And and I was explaining to my friend Mr. Dowling, who I'm sure you know. I'm not Dowling explaining you. Wow. Good one. <laughs> but, but, good, but, good callback. Yeah. But uh, to something that nobody has any idea what we're talking about. <laughs> But 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 here here it is 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 that every single musical instrument, uh, including your voice, is built on on length and the movement of air across that length. Right. And I, and so when you have a guitar, it's tuned up. Uh, it, it's the tension on that based on the length that you have stretched the string. Right. All that with a vibraphone. What you were asking yeah. about, you have keys. Things can be tuned to the mass of it, which is part of the length. It's sort of the thing. But you can also adjust pedals so you can. Adjust different things in it, and yeah. and use different mallets on it, and and it, it it like quantumly adjusts the length. A saxophone, if you put down three keys, the air has to travel a shorter distance than if you have two keys. It produces a different vibration. Yeah. This is this is what the universe, and this is why we're music nerds. This is what the universe is fucking built on, dudes. This and we are not tripping it's, our face off right now. No, but I was this is say. this is when you when you want to understand why music resonates with you. That is why it is everywhere around you. Okay. It is every single thing in our existence. So I'll break this down. So like the only reason you would ever use a a, a, a vibraphone on a track is because you've been inspired by probably like two out of like like two main people. It's like Lionel Lionel Hampton. Yeah, you know. And so like it's funny. I listen, I was listening to Flying Home earlier today. Nice, and, nice. Uh, yeah, it's flying home so good. And then um, I was listening to I now, so I've just because I I, I enjoy disco. I've listening to a lot of um, the Philadelphia International stuff and Earl Young, who played the vibraphones for Philly International, and uh, you know, so like all that mother, father, sister, brother stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, theme from Soul Train, uh, the extended version. There's a vibraphone section there. It's just incredible. And then uh, you you think of that stuff, and then and those are very like pronounced vibraphone sounds that you hear them and you're like you know who made them and and where they resonate in history of music and they're like really profound sounds they're not it's not like a like a minimalized instrument in the history of like you know especially like black music and then to like to boldly be like you know what i think i'm gonna do on this i want to have somebody play the vibraphone and it's a thirteen-minute-long track. Well, I, so think it's, it's, I think it's, it's hard. a standard in LA jazz. I mean, you definitely heard it a lot. Yeah, and, but, and, but with a track like this, you're making this track, right? And, it, and you're and you're boldly going to make it the lead single mm-hmm. on this EP album, you know, release of Kamasi Washington's music. And it's like you you only do this if you know that you have something unique to add to the. And this is gonna I'm gonna sound like the biggest musical nerd. The the conversation of of the instrument historically. You're right, right. So you're like, okay, this 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 vibraphone is going to do something completely unique and different, and it does. And I'm just like, I'm at the time when I was walking down the street, I'm listening to this, and I'm just like, wow. I'm like, I'm it, not drunk. No, it do, it, it does yeah. it doesn't it doesn't it does because it fits perfectly in this, and it's just it's not you. you I don't want to say the vibraphone is a kitschy instrument. But it, oh, but it can be, yeah. But to actually use it, and that's sort of the point of this harmony 
A yeah, difference when you, when you play it in seventh grade, it's totally a yeah, yeah. But this harmony of difference, exactly, and the truth brings it all together. I mean, you heard. I hope you heard how like the themes we played in Desire and some knowledge worked in there were different instrumentation, and that's not just for the benefit of saying, "Hey, we're doing something different." That's saying, "Oh, we're finding how this all fits together," right. which is a larger statement about I think his Kamasi looking at the world around us right now and saying, "Here's how we are," and look, this is. Uh, this is heady shit. This it's, is seriously heady shit. You know, we I, just broke. I, we just broke down the resonance of of music. I agree. I agree. But but so I mean, really but, heady. But I, but I yeah. think I think you're right in in suggesting that it might be like pop jazz, but it's also heady shit. And like uh, you, you don't often see those two things work in Congress. And I just don't. This motherfucker is from outer space, and I, I don't, he's making I, music I right now. I, I mean, I am I am thrilled to exist as a human being while this person is creating, and sad that I didn't like, or he didn't have stuff out. So it was like, said, but didn't he didn't have this outlet? But now he has. Like this is without fail. Uh, I'll repeat it: my favorite piece of music this year. This. It's not it you this is this is fucking therapy, dude. And and who can we name that we have talked about this year that is doing anything close to this? I'll put it like this. The thing about this 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 album the thing about this album is that it proves that music can solve problems. Yes. That's <laughs> right. Because if you sit down and listen to this album, even if you aren't like Extraordinarily conversant about music, which we apparently are. I had no idea if this conversation was going to go in this direction, <laughs> but it did. Right, right, Thank right. God it did. But uh, but like you're like okay, so if you're not conversant in music and you listen to this album, like there's something on this that will speak to you in a way that music has never spoken to you before, probably. Yep. And it'll start to like, and the way that good music wears on you is that you'll start to think about it. And as you're starting to think about it, because you're so deep in the recesses of your brain, other things in your life will just start making sense. Yes. It's a beautiful yes, thing. Yes, it, it is an absolutely beautiful thing. We're we're not doing ratings anymore. Uh, I mean, we are internally, but uh, we're not really doing ratings anymore. But you know, we we are uh, trying to display like the good and the bad of projects and stuff. But honestly, like, there's zero bad. I I can't even. I I don't understand, and I don't question. Where this piece of music I mean, came from. I'll say this. Like, the thing about this album that makes it great is that there are going to be so many albums that are influenced by this. Oh, like, yeah. Music, music, all genres. I, I don't know if Kamasi knows that. Like, kids are going to hear this in, like, band. Yeah. In middle school and be like, I can do that. Yeah. And then they're going to do it. I, I mean, okay, so the second I heard Hello, It's Me... Pop country got really, really mm -hmm. good. Yeah, because I'm like, okay, so like, because again, the, the cinema music industry is Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. So and this this will play out in further episodes of Drinking yeah. Glasses. Um, one of the things to note in that being the case is that like when you mix like jazz and folk and country and R and B together, nothing bad can come of that. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. I mean, it's. <sighs> There's there's value in um, musical tradition based on culture. Yeah, but much like this is back to the contrapuntal thing. You have, I mean, this is the whole idea. This is the soul of this album. If you have a song going in this direction and you have another song by somebody going in this direction, 
Notice I'm going the other direction. Uh, zoom out to that and put that in perspective of like where we are as people. Yeah. If you have something you take from black culture, mm -hmm. something you take from Cuban, mm -hmm. something you take from honky white Oreo speedwagon loving people, oh, yeah. and, and you put it together, it's never going to be bad. Mm -hmm. And that's the point, and that's why we weren't sure if we were going to talk about this album because it is short. Uh, but for me, this is easily the most important album of this year. And, far. and uh, I can't even... Uh, don't be scared by the jazz. Just go out and get this. And if you seriously email me, I will buy you a fucking copy within limits. <laughs> I got five copies in me. How about that? Um, yep. and, and I will send you a copy and because this is... Um, even though we're not at a place as a people, I think, in America at least, to start healing fully... I think this is this is a first step and a salvo into that. Yes, yeah, I mean, like we have to eventually. There, there's always a snapback until it ends. Mm -hmm. And I, because I hear this, I don't think it's going to end anymore. I mean, I feel like it's just the kind of if if you're at all interested in like discovering solutions for all the world's ills, of which there are many. Mm -hmm. um, this is a record to listen to and to start to like put that conversation together because yep. it'll every, help you. Everything's here. Everything is there. Yeah. All right. Going to take a quick break. Uh, come back. I'm going to play you a little track. And uh, Mr. Dallin, you're going to you're going to head on down the road. So yes, yes. Thanks for stopping by, sir. And of uh, we'll see you soon. Hopefully, Doug my country. Mossy Washington and the Harmony of Difference. Um, I think you got from that. If you hadn't checked out of that album yet, you know now to check it out. That is um, combined in this one podcast. Two of my favorite pieces of music this year. Um, yeah, that I we gushed enough about it. You guys know what I think about it. It's an amazing work of art, and uh, they will be playing this on tour. Coming around to your town, they're going to be here in D.C. at Six and I on on November twenty sixth. Hopefully, we get a chance to sit down and talk to them. Uh, definitely want to check up with uh, Miles, and check in, catch up, and all that. And uh, but yeah, so go out and get it, kids. It's available everywhere. I recommend the vinyl because it sounds fucking phenomenal. And if you don't have a good sound system, come over here. We'll sit up front and drink a few beers and listen to it. It is amazing. Um, speaking of amazing, you know, I, I told you about this up front. So uh, look, we've talked about Aaron Abernathy on this podcast before, and. At the end of this week, you're going to hear the review of this album that we're just talking about. And then the next Thursday, we're sitting down with the man himself. But to give you a little background, this is a guy who's Black Milk, Detroit rapper, uh, his, um, his musical director. And he came into this basement sort of through a project that me and Marcus were doing. And uh, we're all like, damn, you live in D.C.? Cool. Yeah, this is cool. Uh, since then, we've sort of been talking to him about his album Monologue from last year, which is phenomenal. It was a personal journey. Uh, it was a journey from a boy to a man in the music world. And uh, if you haven't heard that, I highly recommend you check it out. But that was on the way to another album that he was going to do called Epilogue. And Epilogue 
was supposed to be now that uh, now that the narrator, arguably Mr. Abernathy, is a man. Uh, how what is life? Uh, but a funny thing happened on the way to that, and uh, and that will still be happening. But uh, but Trump got elected. The country went kind of to shit, and and like any good artist, uh, Ab could not just sort of sit by and watch. I've talked to him extensively about this, and 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 I, I don't think he even knew what he was making at the time. It was just an honest reaction to what he felt as a uh, black man in America. Uh, what he did make uh, was, th- period, the most important album of 2017. Um, and uh, and this song that I'm about to play is one of the reasons why. Uh, this song is Generation. This will, I believe, go down in history as as a rallying cry uh, for protests and whatnot. And, uh, you know, sometimes these things happen, and they're happening right now. So, uh Aaron Abernethy, Generation.
Generation by Aaron Abernathy off his album Dialogue, which is out now. If you hear that and don't want to fight for everything right now, because now is the time, uh, I, I'm not sure if you're alive. Uh, human have a soul, all that, but uh, at any rate, um, there it is. Please go out and get uh, Dialogue. Share it with your friends. Tell your friends about it. Let's start a dialogue. There's a hashtag. Be a part of the dialogue. Um, this is uh, a very sincere and powerful and important moment in history. And uh, and he rose to the challenge. Aaron rose to the challenge and uh, crushed it. So we'll be talking a lot more about this album as the year goes on, as the next few weeks too. So uh, congrats to you, Ab. Your album's out in the world. Awesome. That's your podcast for this week, uh, or this Monday. If you like what you heard, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. This is now Apple Podcasts. I guess that's what they call it. You can leave us a rating or a message there. Uh, you can also listen to us in Google Play, Stitcher, and Mixcloud. You can always uh, listen to us directly on our podcast hoster site, Pippa. That's at pippa.io. I believe it's backslash chunky glasses. Uh, but, you know, we put a link in the show notes for that. Uh, and always, uh, you can listen to us on the site, www.chunkyglasses.com. You'll see every single podcast we've ever done uh, up there in our archives. And also, you're going to see stuff uh, from Matt Condon and Mauricio Castro, who are out there every night doing uh, doing our live coverage. I actually went out and shot a show recently. Uh, I think it's going to be up today. If this is Monday, uh, Booker T at Pearl Street Warehouse. You know, here in D.C. we have a he had a waterfront recently got developed, and you have the uh, the monolithic, uh, the anthem, uh, sort of on one end of the thing. They hosted the Foo Fighters, and Matt went and shot that, and he's going to be covering that. Have some sweet ass pictures for you there. Uh, I went and uh, to a little place called Pearl Street Warehouse, a very intimate venue. Uh, saw a legend. Booker T. Jones, and it was amazing, and uh, it's a great time. So, look forward to that. And if you see these guys at a show, buy them a beer or something. They deserve it. Uh, if you really want to support us, though, we are on Patreon. It is patreon.com slash chunky glasses. Uh, and what this is, basically, you can uh, give us a dollar per episode, a dollar per month, five dollars per whatever you want to do. It's all good. It all goes to our staff of 100% volunteers, uh, which we're bringing on more. We're going to start doing some more tracks, uh, reviewing those, uh, get back to the olden days. And, uh, and, and you know, this money goes to help sort of offset the cost of their time. It's complete sweat equity for everyone uh, involved in this. And uh, in, for my money, they're some of the best people in the, in the industry. So uh, maybe think about supporting that or not. We'll do fine. <laughs> We're adults. Um, and that's it. That's our podcast. Um, we will talk to you on Thursday. Where we're going to be sitting down with a good panel to review the album I just played a track from you on. Aaron Abernathy's Dialogue. And uh, and then on Monday, you're going to hear some Midland, some country. The following Thursday, the man himself, Aaron Abernathy, is going to be right down here in this basement uh, talking about the creation of this wonderful piece of art. Uh, until then, please get out and see some live music and be good to your ears, but be better to your people. We'll talk to you soon.
<laughs> Kenobi. <laughs> 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 <laughs>